Yo. You were right. And I was wrong and I'm sorry. I uh I had a an unfortunate incident on Saturday. You and our friend wanted to play board games and I was like, no, I need to watch the Maple Leafs win the season or the series four to two. And you're like, it's not going to happen. Why it do you, <laughs> why, why do you like heartbreak and heartache? Why are you doing this? I said, David, it's going to happen this year, man. Q That's Monday. What That's what everyone says. That's what Leafs fans say every year. This is our year. Q Monday game seven in a crushing defeat. I'm just a sobbing wet mess on the couch. It was not, uh, <laughs> it was not hot. It's funny. I had a lot of, uh, I had some coworkers ask me like, Oh, are you going to watch the game? I'm like, no, because I know that they're going to lose. And they're like, Oh no, this is our year. This is your year. So then the next, uh, the next day, you know, everyone was upset at work and I was like, Oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. <laughs> and they're like, Oh yeah, whatever. Next year they'll get it. I'm like, uh huh. But, uh, you know, what's not, Heartbreaking and crushing. What's that? This episode of the Seat on Screen podcast. Hey, whether it's your favorite tabletop adventure, movie, or video game, we've got you covered. Welcome to the Seat on Screen podcast with your host, Sean and David. Welcome, welcome to the Scene On Screen Podcast, where sometimes Sean gets to follow rumors and make hot takes that might actually mean something. There's nothing wrong with with rumors, but it's like when you when you hear a rumor and then you just believe it as truth, that's where the problem is. Look, I think there's a huge difference between gossip and rumors. And when rumors come out about video games or video game consoles or movies... You want to talk about them. Did you see that uh, that TikTok I sent you the other day? It was like the guy explaining how Universal Studios wanted to do Jurassic Park and oh, yeah. the Fast and the Furious. And then they got into Transformers also being part of it. And I just could not. Mm-hmm. Full disclaimer here, everyone. I've been beating this drum for years. If anybody should get credit for the idea of the Transformers and Fast and the Furious, it should be me and probably every other person who thought about it. But I've talked about it on this podcast numerous times. Somebody finally heard it. And it's June. So it's what better month to uh, announce Trans Fast and Furious? Yeah, let's go. Like, just (laughs) could you imagine? It's like, I understand what you did there. (laughs) I know. Could you imagine Dominic Toretto just jumps into Optimus Prime's head? And then Optimus Prime pulls a rocket out of his trailer and they have to blast off to the moon. I don't know why. Maybe they have to go defend Cybertron with the the most skilled drivers of all time. Yeah, but like the Transformers were pretty skilled drivers to begin with. Yeah, because they're actually cars. They're actually vehicles. Yeah. So what's up, man? It's uh, it's been a week. We had uh, another fascinating, fascinating episode of Meeple's Drop on Tuesday. Please, if you haven't listened to it, check it out. It's a great yeah, episode. That's a good one. We talked about uh, rules. You you, you get to <laughs> All, figure out following the rules. The only takeaway I had from that episode was how lazy I am. I need somebody to spoon feed me the rules, or I have to watch them on TV. 
Mm-hmm. Or on you YouTube. know, I, yeah, and that's the thing is that's a big part of the board gaming hobby is actually that I don't know. Sometimes I get a game that I'm like super excited to play, but I just wish I didn't have to read the rule book. But uh, you know, in my experience, once you do it and you start playing the game, you're like you'll always be always be happy that you finally read the rule book. So anyway, so that's what that episode's about. Different uh, good good rules, bad rules challenges that have come up in teaching people how to play games and challenges oh i have to tell you i got some feedback from our last episode and it's it's public feedback so i'm here to tell you the the two texts i received ready number one about a kitchen table no it has nothing to do with a kitchen (laughs) table number one has david never eaten pizza delight question mark and number two Yo, David's living 20 years ago. Everybody <laughs> makes garlic bread pizza. Um, to answer question number one, apparently no, I've never had pizza delight. I never knew that that wasn't actually that was actually a thing. And um, I can honestly say that I've never known anyone else making garlic bread pizza. Well, apparently you're living 20 years in the past, so take apparently. that for what it's worth. Um, you know and, what, David? You know what? I wouldn't mind living in 2001. That was a good year for video games. That uh, was like GameCube era. It was. Yeah. I, I, I will declare this. We will uh, We will have an adventure day one day. Oh, it's going to happen so soon. With, with, with the I other half. I feel it in my jimmies. We'll go, stay, we'll go up to a beach area, and for lunch, we'll go get pizza to light. Yeah, okay. And you'll be like, oh, my God. This is very average pizza. Or I'll be like, oh, man, I can make it better at home. <laughs> I can make it better at home. You know, I could go to Costco, buy this for $11. Yeah, I can get two of these for 11 bucks. Put my own pepperonis on there. Yeah. Uh, you get up to anything this week? Any games, any movies, TV shows? What, um, what you do? Well, I mean, I've been playing uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Oh, your, your copy arrived, eh? Yeah, finally arrived. So I've been playing that a little bit, and I've been uh, uh, dabbling in Fist of the North Star Lost Paradise for PlayStation. It's uh, by the same company that makes the Yakuza games, but it takes place in the Fist of the North Star universe, which is uh, an old anime from, I want to say, like the late 70s, early 80s or something like that. And it's ridiculous. You know, it's so funny because it's so gory and stuff like that. This guy, you play, uh, what is his name? Ken, Kenshiro is the main character's name. And he essentially can make someone blow up by hitting a channeling point on their body. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. Interesting. I got to show you some video footage of it. Like, literally, it's the funniest thing ever. Um, so, anyways, I've been playing that a little bit. And... Uh, yeah, not those two things. I'm I kind of been going back and forth between the two. Fair enough. I've uh, I've hit that time of year which is very sombering, a little bit where it's like I don't want to play video games. I want to be outside. I'm a very big proponent of I don't play video games if it's still light outside unless it's raining. And uh, my gaming has really shown for that. I played a, a little bit of Mud Runner. Um, the other half and I spent. like it would be like after 10 o'clock typically 
playing through Pokemon Snap and we've now beat the story and we're just trying to go back and complete all the levels. But uh, I haven't really been playing much. We've uh, we've gotten into The Handmaid's Tale, though. That show is wildly cracked up. It's crazy. Wait, what's that show about? It's about how, how do I word it? Because I still don't fully understand. It's like <laughs> it's like this group of people that reset society and they changed the name of America to Gilead. Um, but they've also regressed the country by like 50 years. So everything's like really proper and everybody has like handmaidens that are um, their, their only purpose is to reproduce with their masters. Oh, type that, of sounds, thing. that sounds like some sort of weird kinky shit going on there, man. There, there is some stuff that's going on in this show and I'm just like, Oh my God, this is on television. It's really well done. Like you can understand so hold on. like the, the entire point of these women is to to mate with their masters so the, what the hell they have owners right so so are they slaves so, kind of yeah they're sex slaves or, and they're 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 only like the handmaidens are the only like fertile people so part of the reasoning is like the f- uh, fertility rates were so low that they okay. wanted to like wipe out parts of the population and they use a lot of the women that aren't fertile as free labor to rebuild society. It is different. And the cool part about the show, which I'm really enjoying, is it's all shot in my area, right? So it's shot in like Kitchener, Cambridge, Guelph, a little bit of Toronto. Um, so it's a, it's like a fully Canadian production, which is really, really cool. Um, the Handmaid's Tale is an American dystopian tragedy television series created by Bruce Miller based on the 1985 novel of the same name by Margaret Atwood. The series was ordered by, oh, sorry, I just, I'm trying to look for the full synopsis. The plot features a dystopia following a second American civil war where society subjects to fertile women called handmaids to bear child. Wait, so there's a second civil war and it's about having babies. Yo, the, 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 I find it funny. Chris, doesn't find it totally funny, but like Canada's, involvement in this is just blissfully ignorantly hilarious so canada was like we're not taking part so american refugees like cross the border into canada and they're just living normal lives go to canada where you'll be free to not have to fuck (laughs) like it's (laughs) it's very good um i will say like just i've i've watched now i'm into the second season and the the depth of the characters and how layered it is like it does show current times and then like flashbacks of their previous lives it's it's very well done pre-sexy times it's it's not so confused about the plot of this show it's not a brothel show it's like they have sex slaves fine in a world where fertility 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 and then sub-zero shows up and like you're not doing good enough and he's just like (laughs) juice is load get over here join us on next week's episode where we talk about mortal come back (laughs) mortal comeback this ain't mortal combat all right moving on yes so we got a lot going on this episode don't we yeah too much check out the show i I honestly think you and Angela will love it. I think it's really you know, good. We uh, we've been 
actually we finished watching them on uh amazon prime who is them the show is called them and it is about a black family that has moved into a american like suburb uh filled with like white people and this is uh i forget what what year it takes place pretty much back when you know people were openly racist to uh people of color right Mm -hmm. um but the the this family is kind of haunted by these spirits so to speak or you know like they're hallucinating they all have their own like freaking crazy mental problems right but it's uh so they move into this house in this neighborhood and the house almost um it uh magnifies their issues uh so it's kind of like it's kind of creepy but not like scary so we uh we just finished that and it's so disappointing when you are watching a show and you know that it's coming to an end right like you're like okay this is 10 episodes we have one episode left to solve everything that's going on and they do a decent job of kind of closing off a lot of like some of the story arcs but then it just ends and it's like really that that's it like what does that even mean and i don't know if they're setting this up for a second season i i honestly don't know how they would because of how the the stories arcs kind of ended but yeah the, it was just such an unsatisfying ending because it just ended and it just left another like a whole bunch more questions of like what the hell's going on but yo that's overall, exactly like, like upload amazon's weird yeah i i think the, the what amazon does and i noticed netflix kind of does this or they used to when they were having uh some of their earlier netflix originals they would do a tv series and it would be like 10 or 12 episodes but they would leave it on kind of like a cliffhanger ending because just to leave it open for a sequel or like a second season, right? Even if it might not get a second season. So I noticed that Amazon does that a lot, but uh, yeah, either way, like anyways, like them that it was not a bad series, but just kind of like the ending was disappointing. So I, I forgot to tell just you back to watch the Star Wars Clone Wars. Oh yeah, I'm still working on that. I've uh, completely abandoned the Bad Batch until I'm done. Does, like, it, why? It, it's not even. But it, it doesn't matter to me, so I'd rather just watch it in <laughs> chronological order. I, yeah, great. I, I now we can't now we can't talk about it anymore. Sure, we can. We can we can still talk about it. I have no idea what you're talking about, but we can still yeah. talk about it. Um, I was going to tell you the last thing about the Handmaid's Tale, which would make you laugh, is all their names are of and then the person that owns them. So let's say I owned you. Your name would be of Sean. <laughs> like, no, like, hold on. Like, is there a first name, though? Yeah. So, like, the main character's like, name is if June. You had, if you had a handmaiden named Leslie. Her name would be of Her name Sean. Would be Leslie of Sean? No, just of Sean. But what if you had two handmaidens? Then you'd have of Sean 1 and of Sean 2. I don't really? know. I'm not. I'm not that far in the show. All I oh, know okay. is... Her name is June. 
and now her 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 maiden name or her maid name is handmaid name is of Fred or Offred because they say it like all proper, so it's Offred. So off David. Oh. Anyways, what are you gonna do to me? <laughs> <laughs> all right, what Check are we talking show. about today? The Nintendo Switch. Oh yeah, rumor time. All right, yeah, you know. Just to preface think, this, everyone, yeah. because David gave me so much shit last week on the show about me loving rumors, not even 10 minutes after we were finished recording. Hey, man, check out this rumor. <laughs> yeah, because some of them are, are interesting. And, and, okay. Like I said, there's nothing wrong with following and uh, rumors and stuff like that, but when you you take them as truth and that's where the problem lies but with nintendo you know there's been rumors for years of a switch pro right it started off with people just kind of wanting having desires for a, a more powerful switch console and then there's been rumors of you know nintendo working on added hardware or, and then they denied it and then you know more rumors of you know updated hardware revisions coming out blah blah blah, blah. so Last week, there was a, a a tweet posted with some info from, when was it? Was it Amazon? Amazon Mexico or Walmart Mexico, something like that. They had posted a page for a Nintendo Switch Pro system um, with like no real info on it, but it was still a, a page listing, right? And the last time that this happened, though, was uh when the same i think it was i'm 99 percent sure it was amazon like mexico the last time that they did something like this the the product was announced like the day after or that week and that was the spyro reignited trilogy yeah right so and so let's see um couldn't be walmart all walmart ever spoils is pokemon yeah that's right uh we had where is it centro leaks is a twitter account focusing on gaming related leaks claims that pre-orders for the new new nintendo switch pro will be going live later this week on june 4th now okay another preface this episode is being recorded on wednesday june 2nd so we're going to be talking about these rumors and by the time our listeners our lovely, lovely listeners are listening to this episode. We were either right or wrong. (laughs) These rumors are either going to be confirmed or denied completely. Right. So this is kind of interesting, right? Because we are literally, it's like playing the lot, the Nintendo lottery right now. You know, there's a $70 million draw on Friday and we do not know if we've won until Thursday night when the numbers are drawn. Right. So, um, so there's some screenshots that have been posted online of a big retailer's internal system that show a new Switch hardware-related listing will go live on June 4th around midnight. That's all we have. There's no other data attributes in the listing right now. But this isn't the first time, obviously, that uh, there's been talks of a Nintendo Switch Pro. Yeah, it was Amazon Mexico accidentally put up a listing for the Nintendo Switch Pro. The retailer swiftly deleted the listing shortly after it was first put live, but not before many eagle-eyed internet explorers noticed the appearance of the site. Um, 
there's there's been lots and lots and lots of rumors of a switch pro but it's and granted a lot of times when we get hardware rumors right it's right around this time of year so but it's it sometimes comes from you know like 4chan and other random people on twitter making kind of fake postings and stuff like that right but the fact that like a bunch of people have seen this already and it was amazon that uh posted a listing for it now granted it could very well be a temporary like uh, a preemptive placeholder like maybe they're just kind of adding stuff just in case something was announced yeah you know uh, it's unlikely because I'm sure retailers, like uh, one of the biggest retailers in the world, Amazon obviously knows what systems are coming out and when they're coming out. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So this one is quite interesting because the the spec rumors of this one, there's another, another posting with some more. Oh, yeah, it was a Spanish news outlet claim that the revised console will have a bigger screen than what we're used to but the actual physical size of the nintendo switch would be the same so it's essentially we just get rid of the bezel which the bezels on the uh switch pretty big they're obnoxious like, eh? like you don't like, realize uh, that. the the bezels on the switch are like mid like 2010 tablet sized like a good like quarter of an inch three quarters of an inch <laughs> right so um it'll be really interesting to see if this actually happens because well the nintendo switch when did that come out 2017 mm, yeah i want to say yes that seems about right i've had mine for uh, it's four years old so 17 you're right 2000 it was march 3rd 2017 damn so we are right around the time for, and, and Nintendo has also stated that they plan on supporting the Nintendo Switch for uh, of, of quite a long time, right? So, so generally the console lifespan is about, or historically has been about uh, five to seven years, right? Uh, but we are seeing with these updated console revisions the lifespans lasting even longer, right? The Xbox and the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PlayStation 4 were almost 10 years, right? Yeah. So I can see this being a perfect time for Nintendo to release, finally release an updated uh, Nintendo Switch. Now, we did have the kind of version 2.0 Switch released a little while ago with... uh, it's just some like same hardware, like same power capabilities, but uh, better. It was like a better power managing for uh, the processor. The processor had better power management yeah. and uh, better battery life. So that's really all that was. But uh, if the rumors are true and Nintendo releases a pro style Nintendo Switch, my guess is that they're going to call it new Nintendo Switch just to confuse everyone. Yeah, not not Super Nintendo Switch like they totally oh, just shit. should. It should be called Super Nintendo Switch. Like, why not? Do you know how easy it would be for them to also market like a gray Super Nintendo Switch? Oh, man, they could do so much. That's the thing. Nintendo literally has the easiest way to print 
money <laughs> just by selling players or selling their fans like a big dose of nostalgia, right? You know how quickly a Nintendo or a Super Nintendo colored or themed Nintendo Switch would sell? It would sell out instantly. Remember the Animal Crossing one? Yeah, it was uh, It was one of the sold, most popular tickets in town. Sold out almost instantly, and it was like being scalped for like thousands of dollars. I luckily got one at launch because I pre-ordered it. Um, and not, nowadays, like over a year later, you can buy the uh, Animal Crossing Switch. Like it, they've made it again. But uh, if Nintendo were to just release you know, uh, even a super fam or uh, a Famcom, like a NES style Nintendo Switch, that would sell like hotcakes on a cold day. Hotcakes on a cold day. <laughs> so the, there's a few other rumors about specs, you know, a uh, more powerful processor and uh, outputting 4K video uh, when docked. So, which that that is an interesting concept though, because all of these games have only been designed for. Uh, 1080p display you know what i mean like they're not designed to be upscaled so the system would have to be upscaling the uh the resolution to actually display on a 4k display well let me ask you this if you could add one feature to the nintendo switch pro what would it be and why what would it be it would be in console messaging okay so and chat aside from that one because that one's on <laughs> I think everybody's wish list ever. You mean um, like hardware revision? Yes, hardware revision. Um, I should have stated that, but yes, thank you. I I would honestly say a bigger screen for handheld play. Like the the bigger screen on the actual system itself is very much needed. Not that the the screen's what seven inches. It's uh, not too. Yeah, it's, it's not bad, but uh, a seven-inch screen can be. There's some games that are still very difficult to play in handheld mode, just because the text just gets ends up being so small. So I think probably the the biggest improvement for the Switch in its entirety would be a larger screen on the system. Uh, second would be probably, yeah, 4K output. Mine would be an improved dock. Interesting. Now, what what how would you improve the dock? So one, I don't even know if it's possible, but I would have the dock be able to to flip out because a lot of console tables or areas where you may keep your switch may not have that height. I know that's not for everybody. Out. Like the front. Hear me out. So where I leave my switch, like it doesn't look good because there's so much space above it and you can't really lay down the switch dock because then it disconnects i don't know i would just like it to be a little bit easier to use however when it comes to the switch dock as well i wouldn't mind front facing usb ports or Mm -hmm. a position for a gamecube controller because so many people use them for smash Mm -hmm. it yeah i can see that i I can see like a built-in ethernet like uh, honestly what they could do if i were designing it i would design it with 
hell, you could have four ports on it if you really wanted. You have two USB and two GameCube controller ports right on the front and on like a rectangular plane. And then you could have the switch slide in at a 45 degree angle. So gravity would do its work and it would always be hooked in. You'd have a better, easier access to the the switch cartridge. You'd be able to still slide the controllers off super easily, but you could put it into smaller spaces. It's not a very large console. It's not like the PS5 or the Xbox One or the Xbox Series X that Mm -hmm. need a ton of room. Mm -hmm. But you're wasting a lot of, like you need to double its vertical space in order for it to efficiently be in that vertical space. Yeah, like well, I guess you need at least uh, half half the height to be able to get it in. I think you need a little bit more than that because you can't we, like slide it out, cause, right? Because where mine is, it's not a full double height, and uh, but you have to we, can, like, we can get it in. Do you have to move the dock <laughs> at all, though? Not really. No, I just kind of you kind of have to like, I don't know. Hey, all I'm really saying is what, you can't see what I'm doing with my hand because, you know, this is an audio podcast, but it kind of just like, you know, imagine a, a person diving off of a diving board, how there's that like curve. Yeah, <laughs> it just kind of has a curve in there. But I get what you're saying. They, they they could potentially design something. For sure, that would allow easier access to assist to the system itself in a smaller confined space but yeah i mean come on it's nintendo we're talking about why would they do that it's it's the smallest console yet it takes up more vertical height than your xbox one your ps4 or if you lay down either the series x or the ps5 it still takes more vertical space sometimes yeah that's true that space and like if you look at anything made at ikea the console table is designed for consoles like i mean the Xbox One or the Xbox Series X exhaust alone doesn't really allow you to run it or put it in like the console tables because you'll just warp the wood with that heat. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, well, uh, by the time this episode is live, we'll know if there's a uh, Nintendo Switch Pro system out or some sort of updated revision of the Nintendo Switch. Now the question is, Sean, if they release a Nintendo Switch Pro or a Super Nintendo Switch, <laughs> yeah, are you going to get one? Price point is a huge factor. So it so let's say uh, EB Games has a trade in promo, so you can trade in your Nintendo Switch and get the new one for one forty nine. Yes, I, th- I okay. think my, my what's max the is- most what's the most you would pay for with a trade in? I would guess probably two two fifty. You know yeah, the new I'm console think, is gonna like, right around there. The new console is gonna be around like I don't know how they're gonna be able to justify five ninety nine, but that has to be the price. If you're selling the console right now for three ninety nine here, right? Uh yeah, the system would literally have to be able to put out four K at sixty frames per second to be able to justify a five ninety nine price point. But you forgot the most important thing here. It says Nintendo on it. It doesn't have to do fuck all. You're going to buy it. <laughs> so I have the dilemma that I have the Animal Crossing. If you buy a third Switch, Switch you're going to die. No, no, no. So 
I have the dilemma that I have the Animal Crossing Nintendo Switch, right? That is uh, a very sought-after Nintendo Switch still. Um, so I would probably keep that one. But the Nintendo Switch that Angela has is my first-gen one. Um, and those ones are sought after in a, their own way because they can easily be hacked. Well, not anymore now that um, those guys lost that lawsuit. ROM Universe oh, no. is done. Yeah, but that's that's not the that's no that's something completely different. That was a place to actually where you could download ROMs and stuff like that. But actually hacking the Nintendo Switch, the first edition ones, like the first. Uh, versions are super easy to to hack and they can be look like sold online for you know over five hundred dollars because nintendo fixed it was an actual physical exploit on the system that nintendo fixed right with the virgin 2 so that system is uh could fetch a pretty penny so do i give angela my animal crossing switch and then take the one that i gave her <laughs> and sell that or do i just wait for one of the two switches to die i don't know and also on top of that i changed the joy cons on on hers to be like animal crossing themed they're actually more animal crossing like than the actual official animal crossing uh switch joy cons so I would say in your case, hold on to one and hope the value stays. Purchase the new one. The thing is, is like I would hold on to, if anything, the Animal Crossing Switch, right? That one's going to be the highest value one for a while. Well, not necessarily. The The original one could still have the highest value, but also the original one has the lower lifespan as of now right like i i anticipate that it will still last quite a while but the fact that you know it is a launch console i got it march 3rd 2017 battery life after you know multiple charges discharges it isn't always it's not going to be the same as it was when it first launched plus right? it like sits in it a cradle a brand new system a ton right um actually angel plays it in handheld mode quite a bit yeah, but like, do you not charge it in the cradle? Sometimes, but, but we also like just plug it into like our USB chargers as well. If it's if it's not in the Makes dock, sense. but uh, I don't know. It, it's a, a dilemma that you know what we're doing right now. We are literally doing the oh, what are you going to do if you win the lottery? You know what I would do with all that money? <laughs> That's exactly what we're doing. This is the Nintendo lottery. And I bet we're not the only ones having the conversation about this right now. Yeah, mine's mine's pretty straightforward. I would trade mine in a heartbeat for the new one. Oh yeah, because you only have one. No, we have two. We well, have one. One's have the, light. the switch light. Yeah, that doesn't count. But like, mine was also given to me as a gift. But to upgrade it for two hundred bucks, yeah, that'd be hard not to do. Yes, that's my limit. Also, though. in in the sense that, uh, or or the, the person who gifted it to you, would they be? upset if you traded that in to get the upgraded model no because she'd use it yeah exactly and also the, the way that i see it is that is just 
an extension of their gift to you. And like, you know what? If my Animal Crossing Island disappears, I don't care. I wish save games transferred better, but they do. They they actually updated it so you can actually transfer your your Animal Crossing Island to another Switch. Yeah, but I'm talking about like all my Pokemon games and stuff. Huh? Or like it's all up in the cloud. No, your cloud is actually yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, that's the only advantage of paying for Nintendo Switch Online is the cloud backup of some games. (laughs) So, you remember last week? how i was really excited about epic's mega sale like i was stoked i was like yeah it's the best time of the year free games Mm -hmm. and then myself like many other spoiled rotten children christmas morning got really offended by what epic offered us on thursday david this was this was last thursday so this (laughs) remember it's friday there's there's a new game released yesterday uh, this was what the end of May, so May twenty seventh, the May twenty seventh free Epic game. Sean was not happy. I'm like me, I'm I'm indifferent about it. All right, well, tell everybody what they won, Johnny. You won for being loyal Epic Games subscribers. A free copy of. Uh, what what game was it? It was Among uh, Us. <laughs> Among it was, Us. It was Among Us. And Among Us. Like I, uh, David had to talk me off a ledge, and he's totally right. I should never be upset at something that's given to me for free. However, when I finally got over it, somebody else wrote a beautiful article <laughs> about how it was just the worst thing ever. And which I think is funny because okay, so let me just pre like preface this like Epic Games. You do not have to pay any subscription. You do not have to give them any money to get these free games. You're right. So when people are like people are pissed off that they're giving away Among Us, which was a free mobile game, which you can still get on mobile for free. But it costs five, six bucks on Steam, on Epic Games, on Nintendo Switch, on other consoles if they're out there. Right. So. It's not a completely free game. It's only free if you play it on mobile. And yes, I can play it on my phone, but I don't actually play a lot of games on my cell phone. You know, it's it's just not something that I have ever really I've dabbled in games on my cell phone, but it's not a system that I have ever used as a dedicated gaming machine. So the fact that people are so upset that Epic Games gave Among Us for free and they're like, oh, I can play this on my phone. But they didn't have to pay. The Epic doesn't have to give you anything. It's people are more. I, I feel like people are more justified complaining about PlayStation Plus games and games with gold. Right, because you are paying for us a subscription service. And part of the perks of those are these free games each month. So, yes, it's a perfectly valid excuse and you have a perfectly valid reason to complain about the games that are released from sony and microsoft for those platforms but when like i don't know the amount of awesome games that we've gotten from epic for free that i have not had to spend a penny on is ridiculous yeah and you know what you're right i i have no right to be upset about a free game you're you're totally 100 percent right 
where I do kind of, I, I feel like the timing was so poor. Like they're going through this huge thing with Apple and you, you, you think you'd, they'd want to distract people from what's going on. And they're like, we're going to give them among us, which was easily a top five popularity game last year. Correct. Oh uh, yeah. Oh yeah. The problem is most people already have among us. Most people have downloaded it at least once or twice just to play it on their phone at a party or whatever. I mean, you can't really party right now. It was also a socially distanced game. I digress. I'm, I'm not mad at it anymore. I just found it way more funny when people were going off about it. Maybe this was just Epic, Epic's way of getting people to stop playing this game on uh, Apple devices. Could you imagine if that was the strategy? Right? It's not a... You don't need a very powerful computer to play this on. Right? So, like, most... most Like, pretty much any laptop can play this. Even ones with, like, integrated graphics cards and stuff like that. It's true. So, you know, it could very well be uh, a ploy just to get people off of um, playing this game off of... um iPhones and so yeah, but okay. It, so it does make a lot of sense. And I mean, yeah. this week's game from everything I've um, seen, because there was a, a huge Epic leak this week, unfortunately by Epic itself, they, uh, they had a post go early and then since retracted and deleted it um, in all fairness, like we, we do future date our episodes, which you guys all know, uh, but it does look like that it's going to be Tomb Raider this week, which is, a nice change from Among Us. Still not too bad, right? Like, even though the game's being free on, like, every other system, it's still, okay, let, let's look at some of these games that, like, notable games that have been come free on from Epic. So I have not paid for any of these. Alien Isolation. Uh, Ark. Survival Evolved. Borderlands 2. Borderlands, a pre-sequel. Uh, City Skylines. Uh, D- Darksiders 2, Warmastered Event uh, Edition, Darksiders 1. Uh, like, so, like, there's just a ton of games that they've released for free. Jurassic Park World, you know, like, a ton of stuff that have been released from Epic that nobody's had to pay any money for. So, you know, cut them some slack. Let them give out, a, like, a free mobile game. Like it still costs like five bucks if you were to buy it anyways on Steam or on well, Epic, right? You just did the thing though. Let them give away a free mobile game. Yeah, whatever. Like <laughs> they don't owe us anything. No, they don't owe us shit. But this is Epic's business model because Epic utilizes they use free games to get people to buy stuff in their store. They're like, hey, you're now playing the game. Look at Rocket League and Fortnite. Or Grand Theft Auto. Look at what they've benefited from having that portal. Yes, but also Rocket League and Fortnite are games, and I've, I've, I've explained this to you, they are games that their entire business model is based off of microtransactions. Yes, I'm not saying that it's not. So, of course, Epic has benefited from those games and them being free. You know, it's... You know, whatever. No, you're you're, <laughs> what, you're fine. What was the last uh, What was the last game that you actually played that Epic gave to you? 
Like um, not claimed, actually played. Uh, I played Jurassic Park. I didn't bother playing Grand Theft Auto. I just wanted to own it. Um, Civ Six, I actually play quite often, and I'm contemplating. See, I'm in a pickle with Civ because if I just waited for Steam, I could have bought the Humble Bundle sale and just bought all the DLC at once. But I'm stupid, and now I want to buy certain DLC to make my Civ experience different. So, ha 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 ha! You thought I was just claiming shit, but I'm playing shit. So yeah, your but, face. But <laughs> Jurassic World came out like months ago. I also claimed <laughs> Jurassic World on my Xbox. Yeah, and and Civ Six came out months ago, right? Like, oh, like if you're talking my most recent, I don't even think I've been really claiming. See, no, it's just like it's forgetful. Oh, I it's... did play Mud Runner recently. Oh, that yeah, was kind yeah. of fun. I played The Escapist 2, and I did not like that. Um, I found it very confusing. But yeah, you are probably right. Can I filter by date? Recent. Oh, no, that's just recently played. No, you, you, you've probably got me there. I haven't been playing mm -hmm. a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, now I'm just going to go cry again. Thank you. No problem. Anytime. <laughs> Do you want to uh, talk a little bit about our friends at Sony? Yeah, you know, it's quite interesting. This kind of popped up, I don't know, a week ago, two weeks ago. Yes. Sony uh, released a, I don't even know what this is called. Sony's, I don't even, what is this called? Um, this is called the slideshow presentation. I know, but it was from <laughs> it was from something like they they had a it's from uh, their investors relations investors day. relations yeah report. So from the official Sony website, you can access the uh, part of their investors relations uh, report uh, game and network services segment, which is uh, a presentation by President and CEO of Sony Interactive, Jim Ryan. And this is like a 37 slide presentation that kind of touches on a lot of different factors of the PlayStation brand between, you know, PS4, PS5 um, games, their growth, all that stuff. A lot of boring stuff, uh, but some interesting, interesting metrics that have are in here. And and before recording the show, Sean and I got into <laughs> a heated discussion about one of the specifics of this, which is interesting because like any presentation, you know, like if you're making a presentation for school, you're going to want to fluff it up a bit, you know, add a few extra clip arts and, you know, put in some nice transitions. This is why we need a video podcast right now. <laughs> this is literally somebody stealing somebody else's work. David was going to oh. be like, oh, this is so good. And I was going to be like, yeah, but anybody could polish a turd. It's still a turd. Well, no, like this is, this is, you know, I'm not denying that Sony is probably embellishing a little bit of this, their, their stats on here, but at the same time, like, you know, their numbers, why, why would they make this shit up? Some of these things like their net sales in 2020 is up from the PlayStation five launch versus the PlayStation four launch. So uh, this is billions of yen, right? So 
like 1 billion yen is like, I don't know, a hundred million dollars or something like that. Um, so in 2013, when the PS4 launched, their net sales was 1,044 billions of yen. Uh, their operating income was minus 19 billion yen. But since then, over the last seven years, uh, the PlayStation 5 launched in 2020, their net sales increased to over 2,656 2, billion yen. That's a lot of billions of yen. <laughs> and their operating income was 342 billion, right? So, and it's interesting if you look at these charts, right? So the every time that they had a console launch, they've lost a lot of money. Right, they lost a lot of money. They lost what is it? Their operating income when the PS2 launched in 2000 was uh, 51 billion loss, like negative. Mm -hmm. When the PS3 launched, that was a huge one because they they sold the PS3 at a loss for a very long time. So that was 232 billion yen loss that year. The PS4 they still sold at a loss, but it was only 19. So like they're making money. It's interesting because this shows that they're making money. Uh, in 2020, right? Like a, a, a shit ton of money too. But also how much is that based off of console sales, right? Like there's a lot of people that have the PS4 out there, right? So we don't know if this is, if they're talking about um, like digital sales, because hey, if you remember our previous episode, we talked about the monopoly that <laughs> Sony has on digital sales. So that is uh just one thing but like they're they're can you uh can i can i uh jump in there for a second i i find yeah, jump there, away. there's one interesting piece of data here that I, I really liked was if you look at the slide with the ps3 ps4 and ps5 launch dates right like fiscal year 06 fiscal year 13 and fiscal year 20 okay the playstation 3 came out on november 11th 2006 the ps4 if i'm not mistaken came out november 15th 2013 and the ps5 launched november 12th 2020 now taking the ps3 out of the equation but using it just for for the idea of numbers it launched with 3.6 million dollars in sales okay with about a month mm -hmm. and a half left of the year the ps uh the ps4 non-pandemic year 7.6 million dollars in sales now, the PS5 had three more days of sales. I don't know how much that would equate for $200 million. It very well could. Mm -hmm. But this is another one of those. Like, to me, this number is flat. Because if you're looking at two, or sorry, three days, you could easily sell three, three days worth of sales at $200,000. Right? So let's say it's flat. What's the biggest are, difference? Are you, hold on. Are you looking at slide number five here? I am. I'm looking at our highest ever launch year sales. Yeah, but that's number that's the units sold though. Yeah. So you're you're you sorry, you're right. Two hundred thousand dollars to two hundred thousand units. I think they could have still done it. It's not necessarily a supply and demand thing because you're telling me that this had no supply and demand, yet you still sold seven point eight million units. Okay, cool. I think there was the supply for the launch, but not not afterwards. I'm just, I'm looking at the number solely as mm -hmm. 
it could be flat. There was a three-day advantage there. The number yeah. could be flat. The other yeah. thing that I find super interesting is coming off a year where nobody worked for that point, nine months, or people were out of work, people were working from home. Mm-hmm. The the huge bump that the PS5 would have got here, as well as the Xbox One, or the Xbox Series X, sorry, is people were sitting on money because they couldn't go to the movies, they couldn't go to the bars, they couldn't do this. They yeah, couldn't do and that. a lot of people were getting, uh, at least in Canada, were getting CERB, which was... Uh, kind of like a government funded i don't know yeah. income right and six grand for some, essentially for well for some people though they were getting more money uh per month from serb than they were making in their part-time jobs right mm-hmm. so if they are living off of their part-time job income and now they are out of work but they're making they're they're getting more money each month they have extra money to spend on stuff right um, so it's, it's very well possible. Like this is quite the interesting, uh, presentation to kind of go through the interesting thing where Sean and I kind of started, uh, having a, a heated discussion is one of these slides says PlayStation, uh, in top global brands. And it says that it's number nine. So it says it's rising to number nine from number 16 scores best in, in is modern in touch category. So, this is where Sean started looking up, you know, top brands and stuff like that. And most of them are, you know, Sony's not even in there. PlayStation's not even like up in the top 10, right? Well, but to the, preface it before you continue to go on, I looked at the companies as a whole. Yes. Not just the brand recognition logo, which still blows my mind. McDonald's isn't in the top 10 or Coca-Cola. So, so the, the list that you were showing or looking up, uh, they are either like based off of their their worth as a company, how much money they've made, or other aspects of the sorts. So Sony is using this company called Profit, and they, I guess, are doing. Um, I don't even know what they do. It's a brand relevance index. So they survey people based off of specific requirements for the companies to be selected. So. Uh, it says, how were these included companies selected? This is from their website, profit.com. Companies from all industries that contribute materially to household spend in each respective market were included in the study. This data was sourced from the Bureau of Labor Statistics February 2018 report on consumer expenditures in the United States. Within each industry, the companies that were included achieved outsized business performance within their respective industries. In some instances, smaller companies that have been driving change in these industries were also included, given their significant traction with consumers. So this is, these brands are con- were selected based off of um, how they have contributed to households as a whole, in a nutshell, right? So like Sean had said before the show, you know, everyone has a Microsoft computer, but like everyone has a windows, like they have Microsoft at home, but yes, windows is the, is the product. Microsoft is the brand, but your computer is not a Microsoft computer. Your, your laptop might be made from Lenovo or from Acer or Asus or HP, 
right? That itself is the brand. So that I think is why like Apple's on here, but Apple is the the brand, but is also the manufacturer, right? Like you can't buy a com- an Apple computer made by HP. So I think that's where this is interesting. So this, this is kind of like where, um, you know, Sony is number nine on this list. You know, first is Apple, then Peloton, KitchenAid, Mayo Clinic, Lego, Costco, Honda, Johnson, Hips, Hopkins, Johns, Hopkins, uh, PlayStation, and then Amazon. So that's like the top 10 lists on here. But that's just, and, and that's interesting because this year was a, 2020 was a big year for both uh, Xbox and PlayStation with the launches of their systems and, and sales and stuff like that. So, but this slide is misleading because they're saying that PlayStation is number nine in top global brands, but the surveys, actually, if you look into the, how this company works, the survey, they only surveyed 13,000 people in the United States. 13,000 consumers surveyed 228 brands out of 25 different industries. So 13,000 is still a fairly small um, s- small number of people to survey based off of brand recognition and, and impact. But uh, yeah, this this presentation goes on and, and you can search us up. It's like Sony IR Day 2021. There's only one other slide I wanted to hit from the presentation, which I thought was pretty good. It was like why we believe in the PS5. Our games have never been better. So they show off the PS4 launch and it was uh, Killzone Shadowfall, which a lot of people actually renamed Shadowfail. Um, Knack, uh, Razogun. And those those were the launch titles for the PS4. Mm-hmm. That's not eye-popping. Do you know what's eye-popping? I mean a port of Spider-Man with Spider-Man Miles Morales, Demon Souls and Sackboy. That's a little bit better. And they have a ton mm-hmm. of first party games coming, which is like the new God of War, which has recently been delayed, which we'll find out more in the coming weeks. I'm assuming mm-hmm. a new horizon game, a new Gran Turismo game, Returnal Ratchet and Clank dropping this month. Um, and the show 21, which is now multi-platform. So they're making their money. They have third-party titles available that are going to be great as well. Deathloop, Far Cry 6, Final Fantasy, The Village, all this kind of stuff. This might be, in our lifetime, one of the strongest launches Sony's ever had. And this could be what keeps them in the fight this generation. Because this generation started off poorly for them. Mm -hmm. I I think with with the PlayStation 5, Sony... And, and my, with Microsoft buying Zenimax um, Studios, is it Zenimax Studios? Sorry, Bethesda. Sony, Microsoft bought Bethesda, right? Yes. So, so Sony doesn't have those Bethesda staple games to sell their consoles, right? And it's not going to get Starfield, um, which is crazy. So, so they're definitely going to have to up their game uh, for their first party and third party exclusives. Uh, but it's just interesting. They, they said that they had the best launch lineup versus uh, the PlayStation 4. And and on this, they showed the Metacritic score. So Killzone, Shadowfall had a Metacritic score of 73. Knack, 54. Resogun, 84. Spider-Man, Miles Morales had 85. Demon's Souls, 92. And Sackboy, A Big Adventure, 79. But the interesting thing is, is that 
like Sean said, Spider-Man Miles Morales is just uh, it's it's a uh, it's like a standalone expansion to Spider-Man, which came out on the PlayStation 4 like a few years ago. Demon Souls is a like a remake of Demon Souls that came on the PS3 and Sackboy, a big adventure is. Uh, that's a new game, <laughs> pretty much. Right. This is so a game it, about Saxon boys. So uh, let's not go there. Uh, <laughs> so the the launch lineup for the PlayStation 5 was actually kind of, you know, not that satisfying in comparison. Like the PS4 actually had new games, right? Like Killzone, obviously, you know, that's uh, was a new game in a long running franchise, but still in itself, it was a new game. Uh, Knack was a new thing and all that stuff. But uh, aside from that, like there's some other like random metrics, which are kind of cool. But the the most intriguing thing that I think for this is that there's actually a, uh, a whole kind of page talking about their new growth vectors, which was the next generation VR. So the PlayStation VR is actually a very like versatile and a, a, a pretty good VR headset. It's it's probably one of the most accessible VR headsets, right? Because uh, really all you need is a PlayStation 4 and the headset and you're good to go. Um, so it looks like they have, uh, well, they, they showed their new controller, which looks kind of cool. It looks protective. Uh, yeah. And so some of the new features that they've are adding to this new controller are adaptive trigger, haptic feedback, tracking, finger touch detection, and action buttons slash analog stick. So uh, this will be really interesting to see what they do with the uh, VR on the PlayStation 5. I think the idea is to, yeah, it says that the new VR system when they release it or announce it is planned to connect to the PS5 with a single cord. So right now with the PlayStation VR, you need a, there's like a separate breakout box that the headset plugs into. So it, it's a can be kind of a mess of cables. Uh, but yeah, this was uh, probably the first time that in, in an official document that can be accessed by the public that there's any real indication of a new controller or any new features of the new PlayStation VR set. Um, so yeah, well, I think when... Nintendo or when Nintendo's when Sony's uh, state of play presentation comes out in the next uh, few weeks. Is that, are they doing that in June or is that? It's still not announced. They have not. Oh, I, I was looking up the E3 stuff this morning just to be prepared and they still have not announced a thing. Yeah, they, they, they will eventually, I think uh, it will be shortly after e3 once they see what microsoft has done you know they're gonna i i think they're just sitting in the sidelines just waiting watching and waiting some more but uh do you feel good about that did, did that feel good yeah <laughs> yeah it did you, you just you, you sounded like it, it sounded right like you know you you weren't not saying it without a purpose and i think that was no. the important part yeah i always have a porpoise Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> so quickly, just looking at E3, the one thing we will tell you guys about is after the show has aired, Gorilla Collective will be doing a showcase, a mini showcase Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern time, 8 a.m. Pacific time. Now, what you're supposed to expect at this round of 
presentation is unless the sources are wrong it's literally just going to be talking about three games dying light 2 horizon forbidden west and the sonic 30th anniversary edition there might not be much more to it but it does sound like a dying light 2 announcement will be also following on saturday so we might get a sorry dying light 2 has already been announced though no i'm saying like an additional announcement because dying light 2 was delayed like twice. Yeah, but you can, I'm pretty sure you can like pre-order it. Um, it, it currently says December 7th, 2021. So, yeah, Dying Light 2 is on, on uh, Steam. Yeah, December 7th. So I, I, if anything, we'll just get more of a tech demo, you know, gameplay stuff, updates. And then they're going to tell us all the things that they really wanted to do with the game that they couldn't. Yeah. They're going to be like, oh, or, you remember it's how... going to be like, with the new technology and expanded options that the PlayStation 5 hardware gives us, we have now been able to add ray tracing so that reflections of your death and carnage is shown in all the blood of the zombies that you've laid to waste. So... <laughs> I'd buy that. I bet. What what I honestly think is going to happen is they're going to turn around and they're going to be like, remember how we told you absolutely everything that you did had an influence on the game? And we're like, yeah. Like, we took that out because it wasn't working. Like, oh, that, that, that sucks. Sorry. It's very sad. But who knows? Um, did you want to talk about what's coming out real quick before we uh, wrap this thing up? There's a few notable re- releases coming out in in June. Yeah, I hear that Wiley Plumber's up to something again. Who? I said that Wiley what? Plumber. Wiley Coyote? The Wiley Coyote Plumber? Hey, okay, starting off this month, well, I shouldn't even <laughs> say starting off, but the biggest title this month I don't actually believe is Mario Golf. We'll hit that in a second. I think PlayStation 5 users finally get the tech demo they wanted. Ratchet and Clank Riff Apart comes out on June 11th. You that, know that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a big one. That was the console seller at E3. That's or, why. That's why. That's the game that should have been a launch title. Yeah, the, the, no doubt. I guess does it still count as a launch title? It's still within like the, no. the launch window. A launch title is in like the first. I guess you could no, it's not even six months. It's outside of that six month window. No, that's true. It's eight months. But like it's following Final Fantasy VII on the tenth. Well, so Final Fantasy VII remake integrate. That's like that is a big a big release for uh June because it's uh it, the PS5 version of the game. Um but the game itself has been out for quite some time. Uh, I hopefully, hopefully the, the upgrade price is not stupid because I, I want to get the upgraded version to play and take advantage of the PlayStation five hardware. Cause I have it, but I don't want to spend like more than 10 bucks for it. Yeah. I already bought the game. Hopefully it's not overly expensive for you. I know yeah. going back to ratchet and clank really quickly, that has that temptation of me wanting to buy 
the PS5. And I've already come to terms with I probably won't buy a PS5 until mid-2022. I have no you know reason what? to buy one. You know what we should do? You should loan me yours when it comes out because you're not playing it? Yeah, sure. I play, what are you talking about? I play my PS5 all the time. He doesn't. Yes, I do. I just play, it's like, yeah, I do. Anyways. He, he said uh, it convincingly. What I will do is when we can actually gather, I will bring my PlayStation 5 over. Uh, maybe I'll rent Ratchet and Clank and we can just game all day and try and beat it. You think you'd be able to beat Ratchet and Clank in one day? Oh, well, obviously we wouldn't like, you know, we, we'd have like a little like we'd have a like a, a girl's night, you know, oh, yeah. sleep over, tickle fight, all that stuff. <laughs> Is that what happens at girls nights? Probably. I think so. Talk about boys. Love it. So. Yeah, I, I'd be I'd be down to play that. The only other game I really care about this month, which makes it sound really sad, but June only had two really big things. PlayStation and Nintendo's finally releasing Mario Golf Super Rush. I can't help but wonder if the timing is a little bit off. Like why is that? By a week. <laughs> they have their E3 announcements on June 15th. After that, it's Everybody cares about the future, right? Nobody really cares about what's happening now. Mario will sell titles. I honestly think that Nintendo's going to hype up Mario Golf a little bit during their E3 pr- presentation. I know that they they had uh, they released a few weeks ago a a fairly long video showing off uh, it was five like the, minutes the features. Yeah, but that's still pretty long for a uh, a video game feature video. Yeah. Right. Like it's not like a two minute trailer. Uh, I think they're going to hype that up at E3 or during their their Nintendo Direct and people are going to buy it because it's going to be the first game available. uh, First Nintendo, like first party game available after E3. Yeah. Next week, we will make our predictions. I still have this crazy ass feeling that we're going to get a Mario Kart before. The end of the summer. Shit, son, if they announce Mario Kart 9, I will eat my shoe. <laughs> you heard it here first. I will <laughs> say, and like I know you and I have talked about this numerous times, when it comes to the quality pic- of the picture of the Switch, I was literally in awe the other night while we were playing uh, Pokemon Snap. Just the the way they use detail and color is and like and the vibrancy of these colors you you feel like you're immersed in these these animated games yes it doesn't look the greatest when you're playing like the witcher and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but mario and pokemon games this is their wheelhouse like the games look fantastic oh yeah nintendo knows how to really make the most out of their hardware capabilities right but also the it the art style of the characters really leads to it. Like they're not trying to be realistic. So I think that really helps with it. No, I I'd agree. I I would agree. So what we are going to ask you guys, this is a big one. Next week is our last show before E3. And we want to make some predictions. We want to know what you think is coming. We want to know, if you think David is right, you we want we want to know anything that you guys think is coming. 
I kind of want to see David eat his shoe, but I also <laughs> am fairly convinced Mario Kart 9 is coming out even before fall. I don't know why, I just feel this way. So with that being said, thank you guys so much for listening. Check us out on all your favorite podcatchers. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. We'll see you guys soon for myself and David. Me. See you next week on the Scene on Screen Podcast. Peace.